24. Turn to Luke chapter 24. You, you notice that I'm really high tech tonight, so I hope you appreciate that. Um, the, the, the computer, the computer is going to be working to write. <coughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I actually do have notes in a, on a computer. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely decidedly low tech uh, this evening as we're going to be kind of challenge you with another subject. Uh, we've been kind of, I, actually it hasn't been a series necessarily, but it's become that. Uh, we've been dealing with uh, controversial subjects. We've been dealing with, uh, maybe not necessarily, I don't think controversial per, per se, but well, they are, uh, because people have decidedly different views about these things. We just finished looking at the matter of the Bible and Bible translations. And uh, we spent uh, quite a bit of time looking at uh, reasons why we use the King James Version of the Bible here and, uh, and understanding some of the, the reasoning behind it. And hopefully you've understood some principles or some gleaned some principles from the Bible that help give you a firm, solid foundation in making a decision in that regard. Tonight we're going to start looking at another subject, another topic that has become, and in Christianity is, a, a, if you would, a controversial subject. And, um, and it's the word repent or repentance. And so we're going to look at that tonight. So like I said, decidedly uh, low-tech today, all right? But we're going to look at uh, this subject of repent. What does God have to say about repent or repentance in the Word of God? There is a lot of discussion and a lot of, um, a lot of different ideas in regard to what repentance actually is. And tonight, uh, I'd like to begin looking at that subject, not because... I like controversy, and I love to just get people mad, all right? But because it's important for us to understand that God has answers and that God has given us direction in his word in regard to subject matter that, that people consider to be uh, controversial and subject matter that people sometimes even have debate about. And so uh, tonight, I hope you'll begin to uh, learn some things and maybe find some help from the Word of God that will give you direction in this matter of what is repentance. How do you define repentance? Um, and and uh, and what words would you use to describe it? Um, it wasn't uh, actually it was. It was quite a while ago. It was a number of years ago. We had uh, someone visit on a Sunday morning. A gentleman and his wife. And at the end of the service, as I stood by the door, I came up. He talked about how much he appreciated the, the preaching of the Word and, and uh, what a blessing it was to be with us. And then uh, he asked me a, a question. And uh, the, the question was, um, do you believe that repentance and faith needs to be preached, as Luke 24 says? Now, that was a question that obviously I wasn't necessarily looking for at the end of a Sunday morning service when someone's walking out the door, but he obviously uh, had an issue that he wanted uh, to, uh, to discuss and he wanted to have an answer to, um, which obviously would be a determination of whether he was going to be coming to Spring Meadow Baptist Church or not. And by the way, uh, those things do happen, and people make decisions based sometimes on an answer that you give in the matter of a minute or two minutes when you wish you had a little bit of time to think things through. You ever you ever been there? And uh, and so uh, I just I I was I was kind of um, a little bit taken back because it was really asked pretty straightforward. wasn't necessarily expecting it. 
And, um, and I said, you know, I have no problem if someone preaches repentance and faith um, because that is the message of the gospel. Repentance and faith are both words that are used in description of it. So he went further. Uh, do you believe that repentance has to be preached? And uh, my answer was, and maybe you don't understand this, but I hope you will at the end of our time, um, I believe that a man can be saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the message that uh, Paul and Silas preached in Acts chapter 16 when the Philippian jailer asked, what uh, must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Um, And with that, um, he made a few statements and he left and, well... um, He's not here. <laughs> um, so, um, so you don't have to worry about who it was, all right, and who, who said that. Um, but it obviously was offensive to him that I brought up in, that Acts teaches, and Acts, at least with Paul and Silas, they preached the message of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and never mentioned the word repentance. And I kind of knew at that point, as he asked the second question, where he was going, and knew kind of the direction that he was taking. And I wanted it to be clear that um, I have no problem using the word repent when I preach about the gospel and someone being saved. I also have no problem just using the word believe. And, um, and I, again, I hope you will come to an understanding of the reason why from the word of God, not from my thoughts, not from my opinions, not from my ideas, but from the word of God, what we find there. So we're going to deal with this subject. Now, you say, Pastor, do you have outlines? Well, I will. Uh, I don't because uh, there's still a few things that I'm trying to iron out toward the end of the message. So that means, guess what? I'm not going to get done tonight. So, But I will seek to do this. What we talk about this evening, some of those things we'll seek to put in the outline, and then we'll pick up in the outline from there. I do have an outline. It's just that uh, since I wasn't quite ready and quite finished with it, I could have left the unfinished outline, you know, and then I could have given you the things, you could have written them all in. But uh, I prefer to have a finished outline and let you finish the outline, if you know what I mean, okay, by filling in words. And so, Lord willing, uh, we'll do that uh, maybe uh, next week if we get back to the, the subject. And I think if the Lord so leads, we will do that. So uh, let's look at the subject and let's talk about it. Now, I first would like to give you an idea. Uh, The Bible talks about repent many times. Old Testament, uh, over I think it's over 100 times, you'll find the word repent or repentance or repenting or some form of the word repent. In the New Testament, you'll find the word repent a number of times as well. You find it often in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Don't find it in the book of John, which is very interesting. Uh, And I think there's a a telling reason why, which, again, I hope to explain later on, all right? So you got to hang with me. you got to be with me for all of it. Uh, Don't just walk out like the guy did after asking one question. Got that? All right? I need your help with it because I want you to be clear, and I want you to have a good understanding. And, by the way, another reason why we're dealing with this is because preaching the whole counsel of God means we deal with everything from God's Word. And we try to find answers. And so we need to deal with subjects that even are controversial and subjects that people disagree on and people have differences in. And uh, so I hope uh, we will all come to the conclusion that God's word is the 
authority and make it that way. So let me give you a definition, though, as we begin, that I found in Unger's Bible Dictionary. Have you ever heard of Unger's Bible Dictionary? It would be one of the Bible dictionaries that people say, oh, this is a, this is a, a great Bible dictionary. The definition that Unger's gave, I'm not going to write it all out because wow, it's long, all right? But um, uh, I'm just, I'll, I'll give it to you. Here's what it says, because I can't write it all out, all right? In the theological and ethical sense, it's a fundamental and thorough change in the hearts of men from sin and toward God. So when they describe repentance, uh, when Ungers does, uh, which I believe they would probably claim to be basing it on the word of God, it is turning from sin, oh, there we go, and unto God. By the way, that is uh, pretty much a common definition that many people would give when they describe the term repentance. Now, it went on to include a number of things. I want you to just think about this. I may go ahead and, if you want me to, I'll put it in the notes so you can at least see it. A genuine sorrow toward God on account of sin. And number two, an inward repugnance of sin necessarily followed by the actual forsaking of it. And number three, humble self-surrender to the will and service of God. And I thought, Wow! Is that repentance? And if those three things are all part of repentance, who's saved? Listen to what they said. Repentance, according to them, included these three things. A genuine sorrow toward God on account of sin. An inward repugnance of sin necessarily followed by the actual forsaking of it. And number three, humble self-surrender to the will and service of God. Is that repentance? Now, maybe you've heard uh, definitions that include turning from sin and unto God. Maybe you have heard and maybe you've been of the opinion that the three things that Ungers talks about there, this genuine sorrow toward God on account of sin and inward repugnance of sin necessarily followed by the actual forsaking of it and then humble self-surrender to the will and service of God. Or maybe one of the three or two of the three would be something that you would use in defining repentance. I'd like you to find out what God has to say. By the way, is there a problem with that definition? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm already, I'm already sticking my neck out, right? Is there a problem with that definition? I hope you do have a problem with it um, for a number of reasons. First of all, if that is a definition of repentance throughout the Bible, we have a serious, serious problem. Does anyone know a very simple reason why? Okay, because in the Old Testament, numerous times the Bible says God repented. And, and let me tell you, it's the same word translated repent, repent in other places in reference to men. So if we use the definition Ungers gives for repentance, then we'd say that God had a, a, a repugnance of sin in his life and turn from it to himself, that is not a proper definition, definition of repentance. In fact, that's, um, that's downright heretical, isn't it? To say that God sinned? 
that is not a proper definition of repentance. And it's adding many things to repentance that just aren't there. So what is repentance? Maybe, again, you've heard that and you've always heard, yeah, repenting is turning from sin unto God. Again, it can't be that because my God never turned from sin. He didn't have to turn from sin because he doesn't sin. So our definition has to be consistent with the whole of Scripture. By the way, whenever you define a word, whenever you come to an understanding of a term, know this that you can't give a definition to a word or a term that contradicts something in Scripture. Can't do it. Our definition has to be consistent with the Bible, with the Word of God. Now, I will grant this. If someone wanted to say that that is the definition of New Testament repentance and wants to define repentance differently in the Old Testament, um, I would say they have at least a little bit of ground to do that. Can I tell you why? The words are very different between the Old and New Testament and repentance and what they actually mean. There is a difference. There's quite a difference, actually, in what they mean. So it would be possible for someone to say, well, that's repentance in the New Testament, but that's not repentance in the Old Testament. I don't think you can even be fair and give that definition to New Testament repentance. But at least we could say that they could make an argument at least that way. So let me explain the reason why. And let me begin tonight by giving you some uh, definitions. And I want you to look at the word repent in the Bible a few times, and we're going to give you a few definitions of the word and see what um, uh, oops, definitions. You can read that clearly, can't you, as we go low tech. That's why I need to use computer all the time. I need to get something, a little button I can push, and it gives the next point. One of these days. All right. Um, I don't know if I want to go there. All right. So let me give you some definitions. If we're going to determine the meaning of a word, uh, we can look to the languages sometimes and find out uh, some definitive things will answer questions that the text might even raise about a word. So tonight, let's take a little bit of time and let me share with you some of the words that are translated repent in the word of God. There are two primary words, one in the Old Testament, one in the New. Although there are two or three in the Old Testament and, and three or four in the New Testament that actually would be translated repent um, in the New Testament, all four words are closely related to one another. In the Old Testament, the two words are pretty much separate, and you say, I have no idea what you're talking about. So let me explain. The primary word in the Old Testament, when it talks about, gives us a definition of repent, the primary word means literally to sigh. Okay, to sigh. Uh, it also carries the idea to breathe strongly, which is to sigh, all right, to breathe strongly. Um, and that's not strong breath either, okay? That's not like bad breath. I'm not talking about that. And then uh, to be sorry. Or we would use the word um, probably regret. Not necessarily, by the way, regret over sin. But just, um, you know... In, in some ways, I wish, I wish that had never been done. Does it make sense? All right, now, that is the proper way to define uh, the word in the Old Testament when it's talking about the matter of 
repentance. You say, why? Okay, let me just share a couple things. This word is found 108 times in the Old Testament, but it's not always translated repent. In fact, there's another understanding of the word. There's another way it's used. The context determines how you translate. The context says this is repent. The context also uh, says this is comfort. About 40 times in the Old Testament, the word is translated repent. About 68, 68 times or so in the Old Testament is translated comfort. So actually, more times it's used in reference to the matter of comforting, to bring comfort to, um, and then about, I'm sorry, it's about 40 and 65, somewhere in that area, okay? We're, we're, we're trying to be, uh, trying to just kind of give you an idea. So um, this word sometimes means to be convicted of sin, but sometimes it has nothing to do with sin. Genesis chapter 6, you say, prove that. Okay, let's, let's look and let's take a few moments to see that has nothing to do with sin. Well, how do we know that? Well, Genesis chapter 6, I believe this would be the first time you find it in the Bible, and in verse 6. And what do we find? Someone have it? You have it? Read it for us. Just us here tonight. 6-6. Six, six. Did I, 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 I didn't say that, sorry. Or if I did. All right, it repented the Lord that he made man. So what we could say, by the way, it certainly is not regret over sin. Obviously, right? You understand that? This is kind of clear about this. That's why I say Ungers is totally off. They're totally gone. You can't say that repentance has to be a turning from sin. It can't be. It can't mean that. You can't give that in a definition. Definitely in any way from the Old Testament. Especially because the word means either comfort or to sigh or to be sorrowful. Um, actually, it does carry the idea of pitying. So that there are times when God repented that God is having pity. He's feeling, he's feeling sorrowful over the situation that Israel is in. But never, never has my God sinned. So it means to sigh or breathe strongly. So, so God is kind of like, oh, man, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right? In a sense. I'm sorry about this. I, it's, it's um, you know, not, not, I made a mistake. This is wrong. I've sinned. But uh, just a, a sighing over the whole matter. Uh, 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 just, oh, wow, this is, this is bad. It brought sorrow to his heart. God had done no wrong. God had made no mistake. Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. I'm going to give you some exercise, your, your, your fingers here. Judges chapter 2. But let's take some time and look this over. Judges chapter 2. And look, if you would, in verse 18. Uh, someone read it for us, please. All right, so how would we define it? And how, what is the proper way to define this word repent? At least in this passage and from the Old Testament, it would be uh, he's, he's sorrowful. He looks down upon him. He sees what's going on in their lives. Now, by the way, they brought it on themselves. 
which carries the idea of God's pity, that he has compassion on them. And he's saying, oh, look, I see what's happening, and, and their judgment is just, and their punishment is, is righteous, but I love them, and so I'm going to do something, and I'm going to send a judge. So when God repented himself, there is this uh, to, uh, a strong feeling of sorrow over what was going on. God was moved with the suffering that they faced. He had not sinned. Now, you might think that this uh, word means sorrow over sin when directed toward men, but that's not always the case. Uh, look, if you would, in Judges chapter 21, because there are some who would say, well, okay, when we're talking about God, repentance doesn't mean sorrow over sin. <laughs> Could mean, it means sorrow. Well, you, you can't just determine how you're, you're going to translate repent. Uh, every time, all right? It's, it's not up to us randomly to decide. But does it always refer to sin when it's talking about people and mankind? All right, so it's fair to at least say, well, then it's sorrow over sin when it's talking about men. All right, then let's look at Judges. And I just said, uh, I, I said, I don't know if I had, Judges 21.6. Read it, please, if you would, someone. Okay, so the children of Israel repented them for Benjamin, their brother. Is that a, 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 is that a repentance for sin? Well, you say it was Benjamin's sin. No, it's the children of Israel who are repenting. So what is it talking about? The same thing it's talking about when it refers to God. There's a sorrow over something. Benjamin, because of their sin, had been judged by God. And pretty much the nation, the, the, the nation, the people, the, the tribe had been wiped out. And so they were sorrowful over this. They had pity for, for this tribe that, in essence, uh, was, uh, was going to be gone unless they did something. And so it moved them to some action. But, uh, but it has nothing to do with sin on their part. Now... Sometimes it does refer to sin, which is interesting. Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. And it's interesting that, uh, th that this word, same word, is used in contrast. And it tells us that God doesn't do it. So look in Numbers 23, 19. And someone, when they get there, go ahead and read it for me. All right, so what does it mean? He's not like the son of men that he should repent. Uh, in this case, it's true that the word repent would carry the idea of sorrowing over, or, or actually the idea of repenting would be a, a change of mind, saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do what I promised I would do. But God always keeps his word. God always keeps his word. And so we have this word used in some very unique ways. I heard, hearkened and heard, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 6 says, so repentance is used in re re reference to uh, sin as well. Now, this is the, the one word that's translated most often in the Old Testament, um, repent. And again, the, the correct definition would be, in most cases, to sigh, to breathe strongly, to be sorry, or to regret something. But it, has, it definitely does not always mean 
over sin or over wrong. It doesn't mean to turn from sin or wrong. It means to just be sorry over something which actually will affect actions. Now, there's another word translated repent in the Old Testament. And the word means to turn back or to turn again or to return. Now you say, oh, there we go. See, there we get the idea of turning from something. Okay, that word is found 1,058 times in the Old Testament. And it's only translated repent maybe a dozen. Because most often, it's just referring of someone returning to the place where they began. For example, in the book of Genesis, remember when Abraham leaves with Isaac? He says, I and my son will come again. And it says that Abraham came back. That is the term used or translated a few times in the Old Testament, repent, to turn back or to go back to the place, to the original place. Um, I think, by the way, when definitions are made of, re of repentance, people try to take all four words in the Bible and make a definition trying to tie all four together. I think that's what Ungers did when they made their definition. But it's a sorry definition, and it doesn't fit the biblical description and, and what the word actually can mean in Scripture. It can't. It doesn't mean to turn from sin. It cannot uh, mean that, otherwise we have serious problem. Uh, actually, uh, did I say it's 1,058 times to be exact since I have it in front of me here. Um, and again, the word turn again is often used. Vine, Vine's dictionary says the basic meaning of the verb is movement back to the point of departure. So you return from something, you come back again. Um, but it's funny because this word is used a few times from, from, from turning back from sin. But most of the time has nothing to do with sinful activity in any way, shape, or form. And, by the way, most of the time it's not translated repent. Uh, because, again, it's found 1,058 times, and repent isn't found 1,058 times. So, there you have it in the Old Testament. Now, that really is clear as mud, right? The main definition for the word means to sigh, to breathe strongly, to be sorry, most times when you see repent in the Old Testament, that is the meaning of the word, that is the definition, and that is the correct way to understand it. doesn't mean to turn from sin. doesn't mean to turn to God. has nothing to do with that. It has everything in the Old Testament with being sorrowful or regretting. Sometimes it's regretting sin. Sometimes it's regretting a decision that was made and, and just being sorry about it. Sometimes it's pitying someone but it never means to turn from sin to God. Never. In the Old Testament. So then we have a problem giving it that definition. You should. All right. In the New Testament, in the New Testament, God uses the word repent. Uh, the primary word, and I said this, there are like three or four words, but the primary word used most of the time uh, is a compound word. In the Greek, don't you love that? Good old compound words, because Pastor always talks about compound words. Because a lot of the Greek words are compounds. There are two words that are put together in, in the, the language that give us a message and tell us something. And, and the, both words are important in the definition. So that's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the primary word mean, is, is a word that means... Um, uh, well, I'm, I'll just put it, I'll give you the definition. It means to think differently. 
I'll be a little bit more specifically in a, specific, specifically, yes, differently. That's why I was saying L-Y to it. To think differently. Let me explain. Two words in this compound word. Um, the word meta is part of the word, and that means with or after or again. And then the word nuo, which means to exercise the mind. To exercise the mind again. To think again. To contemplate again. That's what the word literally means. It means to think again. We would sometimes use the word think differently. We might also use this phrase to change the mind. And that's an accurate way to understand the word repent in the New Testament. So when we see the word repent in the New Testament, every time we see the word repent, and not every time because there are a few different words, most though have some sort of tie to this, to this definition, carries the idea of changing of the mind. Changing of the mind. Very important to understand that, to consider again, to think again, to rethink, to perceive. Actually, to perceive afterwards would be an appropriate way. So someone looks at something, thinks about something, and they rethink it. And then they come to a conclusion. Do you know that's a great way to define repent? It's a great way to define repent. repent. To think again about something. To change my mind about something. In fact, many times when we see the word in the New Testament, that's exactly what is taking place. When God says to repent, except ye perish. When God tells us to repent in, in, in the Gospels, in the book of Luke that we read in, in, in chapter 24, when he says to repent for the remission of sins, it's to change your mind about something. It's to rethink it. Well, what does someone need to rethink? Well, they need to rethink uh, what, what God says about sin because most people think my sin's not that bad. Isn't that true? In the matter of salvation. It's uh, rethinking uh, who God is and, and how holy God is many times. Repentance is, is thinking differently. It's a change of the mind. Now, does that lead to a change of actions? Sure, if you change your mind, doesn't it change your actions? Generally, it does. doesn't always, but generally it does. I mean, if I told my if my kids came up to me uh, years ago, because they wouldn't do it now. Well, <laughs> they might do it now, you know. Uh, you know, we want to go out to eat. Dad, Dad, can we go out to eat for lunch? Can we go to McDonald's, you know, when they were little kids? And I would say something like, no. <laughs> that was probably like 99% of the time. No. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it. Well, maybe I would say it that way. I don't know. Uh, but uh, no, we're not going to do that. But then, but then uh, I start to think about it, and I start to think about, uh, hot, uh, fresh, salty French fries and, and juicy cheeseburgers. And, and I start to really think about that because my kids might even be whispering those things. <laughs> you know. And I start to think about it again, and I say, you know, I had a change of mind. Let's go, especially if I know that my wife isn't going to make anything for lunch. You know, I mean, it's just like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that wasn't the case either, because most of the time she was saying, "Well, I got something planned." I'm saying, "But I got a new plan." So, uh, uh, anyway, see, I man, I'm a great cook. You, I make the the best uh, the burgers and fries and everything else at at all sorts of different restaurants. So you know, different different kinds for whatever you like. Um, 
But the idea is I, I changed the mind. And a change of mind often leads to a change of actions. Not always, but it often leads to a change of actions. It's possible to repent without changing any kind of actions, but to have a change of mind. Because literally, the word means to think again, to ponder again, to rethink. And that is how it's often used in the New Testament. That is most often the understanding of it. That's why the definition that Ungers gives is totally off base. Totally off base. If repentance means to turn from sin, I hope to be able to prove this from the Word of God to you, and we will in coming weeks, because we haven't spent a lot of time tonight. We're trying to lay in groundwork, okay? To turn from sin, to turn unto God. There are some times where we see the word repent, which may kind of try to give us that idea, but if you give that definition, it does not fit in all of Scripture. We have to give it this definition to change the mind. I put it this way, and here's, here's the way I defined it. A change of heart, mind, or purpose that comes from learned or observed realities often leading to pers- purposeful action. I'll give you that definition again, and I'll, I'll put it in the notes, okay? I, I, will, I will seek to do that. Maybe I'll give, you the, give it without the words, and I'll give it next week. But a change of heart, mind, or purpose that comes from learned or observed realities leading to purposeful action. Um, so to consider again, that's what we'll find in the New Testament and, uh, and, and find it means that. Now, um, let me say that it can't mean to turn from sin and turn to God. There is a different word. I told you there are a few others translated repent. So look in Matthew 27 and verse 3. I want you to see this. Matthew 27 and verse 3. And if we give uh, turning from sin unto God as a definition uh, of the word repent, uh, we have a little bit of problem. Did I say Matthew chapter? Yeah, 27.3. So someone there? Read it. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you something. If repentance means to turn from sin unto God, did Judas get saved? <laughs> no, it's because repentance does not mean to turn from sin unto God. Doesn't. Can't. Um, Judas did not get saved here. Uh, this word actually is closer to the Old Testament meaning. He had regret. He regretted. He regretted what? Well, I, I think he, it wasn't that he was... He was remorseful over sin in any way, shape, or form. He wasn't turning to God. He was just sad that Jesus is going to get killed because he didn't think that would happen. He probably believed it would all blow over. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get money out for it, and uh, and I'll be all the better for it, and we're going to continue on as we were in the past because Jesus has never been taken before. And so he, he regretted it. You know, like, wow, that was a that wasn't a smart decision at all. Um, by the way, this that is a little different word in the Old Testament. It carries the idea of sorrow or regretting. Let me show you another place where that different word is found. Second Corinthians chapter seven. Second Corinthians chapter seven and in verse eight. And Paul said, For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. 
<laughs> for I perceive that the same epistle I've made you sorry, though it were but for a season. By the way, we're going to look at and, and the verses that follow because they talk about repentance. And they will teach us some things that we need to know uh, as we look further. Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed too. Okay, hey, let me ask you something. Doesn't that tell you that repentance can't mean to sorrow over something in the New Testament? You sorrowed to sorrow? There's a difference between sorrow and repentance. At least uh, the repentance, the, the, the term used, because it's a different word in verse 9 than was used by Paul in the previous verse. The word Paul used in the previous verse was the same word used of Judas. He repented. He says, I did repent. I felt sorry about it. I felt sorry that I preached. I, I preached but, then, but then after I thought about it, here's the thing. After I thought about it, I didn't feel sorry anymore. That was basically what, what Paul was saying. Do you know why? Because what happened is brought change to, to the Corinthian church. So he felt bad when he first thought about it, but he no longer felt bad about it. Because, because what it was doing was leading them to proper response and to proper action. And that's what he rejoiced in. He wasn't happy that they were made sorry about the whole thing. He wasn't happy about maybe how it all, how it all came about. But what he was rejoicing in is that it actually led to a change of action in their life and, uh, and a, a, a change of mind that led to a change of action. So that is... Um, that is repentance. At least those are the words in the Bible. So um, let me just share with you um, one truth, and then I'm gonna, we're going to get back to this next time. Uh, some declarations I have regarding repentance. Repentance is not sorrow or guilt over sin, but sorrow can be a motivation to repentance. All right? So, uh, repentance is not sorrow or guilt over sin, but sorrow can be the motivation to repentance. And we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And we read verse 8, and I mentioned verse 9, so let's take a look at it. Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but what? That ye sorrowed to repentance. In other words, the sorrow led to, what's repentance? A change of mind. It led you to rethink things. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow does what? Works repentance. Godly sorrow is not repentance. It leads to it. That's why if we're going to define this word, we have got to make sure that it meets what the scriptures say. And we find in this passage specifically that repentance is not sorrow. Now, is sorrow part of, and can it lead to repentance? Yeah. If I feel sorry over something, it leads me to rethink it. Isn't that true? It leads me many times to come to, to say, hey, this, this is wrong. So if I sorrow over sin, that may lead me to repentance, but it's not repentance. We also know that guilt or, or sorrow over sin is not part of repentance based on Acts chapter 2. So take a moment and look there. Acts chapter 2. In Acts 2, we have the day of Pentecost. We have preaching going on. 3,000 people come to faith in Jesus Christ. But what is interesting is that we find something happen. As Peter is preaching, something takes place in verse 37. So what, is, what happens? 
Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Tell me what happens. I mean, it's there. It's okay, they were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. I think it would be appropriate, we could say, they were sorrowful over this. They understood, we have done something wrong. All right? So here's the sorrow. Here's, we would say, conviction, right? So they say, Peter, what should we do? Isn't that what they say in verse 7? Uh, or, uh, the, uh, they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We realize. We've come to, wow. We know something's wrong. So what was the message? Be sorrowful. What? They already are. So sorrow cannot be repentance. And it isn't. And it's not part of it. Right? You say you're splitting hairs. Yes. Because the Bible does. And we got to make uh, our understanding of the word fit the scriptures. Repentance is not sorrow over sin. Now, repentance can be, or sorrow over sin can lead us to rethink what's going on in our lives. And that seems to be the indication of what's taking place. And so, Peter says, hey, you need to think differently about what's been going on. Yes, you did kill the Messiah. And you're pricked in your heart and you're convicted over that. Okay, now you need to change your thinking. And, and the, then he says, and be baptized everyone in the name of the Lord the, uh, Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And no, I don't have time to deal with that verse any further except to say that it clearly teaches us that sorrow although it may lead to repentance, is not repentance. Repentance is a change of the mind. It's a change of the mind. Um, we've heard evangelists say something like this. Some people use the fear of hell and a simple prayer as a fire escape from judgment, but they've never repented. I understand what they're saying in this sense. If you just repeat a prayer to be saved with no concept of your sinfulness and your desperate need for Christ, if there's no change of mind, we might argue you've never been saved. Um, but repentance can come from a number of motivations. Primarily in Scripture, you'll find sorrow as the precursor to repentance. I'm sorry over something. I realize that it was wrong. I realize it's sinful. I realize that I shouldn't have done that. And I repent. I have a change of mind as a result of that. But can I also say that there are other things in the Bible that give us a picture that lead us to repentance? Look in Romans chapter 2 and verse 3, and you tell me if sorrow has to be part of repentance. Look in Romans chapter 2 and verse 3. I'm sorry, verse 4, I said the wrong verse, all right? Mm-hmm. The goodness of God. You say, what? Uh, what do you mean? You mean someone can be saved? Someone can repent and come to repentance if they just ponder the goodness of God? Uh-huh. Sure. It's possible. 
You mean there doesn't have to be remorse over the evil of sin? Not necessarily. Um, Just contemplating the goodness of God. He says, don't you know that God's goodness is leading to repentance of what God has done for you? You know it's possible for someone to look at the cross and to think about the love of Jesus Christ and to say, I need that. I have a change of thinking because the goodness of God has touched my heart. So the goodness of God led to repentance in Scripture. Do you know what else can? And 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 so I'm going to refute a little bit what, what we've heard preached at times. Fear. You say, what? Fear can lead to repentance? Oh, no. Fear of hell? Yes, absolutely. You say, well, prove that from the Scripture. I'm glad you asked. So turn to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. And I want you to know that in verse 2, there is someone preaching that you know. Jesus is preaching. And Jesus preached a very powerful message, didn't he? And what was his message? Okay? So he preached repentance, didn't he? Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise. You people need to feel sorrowful over your sin because that's what repentance is. That's not what Jesus preached. Jesus preached, you'll perish unless you get saved. You don't think they were afraid? Fear led to repentance. Verse 5 says the same thing. He said the message again. If we didn't get it straight the first time, Jesus says it again. Except you repent, you're going to perish. So when someone says, look, if you accepted Christ because you were afraid of hell, that is not repentance. That is repentance. Um, You know, I, I was terrified of dying and going to hell. And I got saved. I've met people who have contemplated the love of God, and they repented. Because they thought about all that Jesus Christ did for them. I've also have met some people that um, that were sorrowful over their their sin and their wrong, who also repented. Because repentance is not sorrow. Sorrow can lead to it. The goodness of God can lead to it. The fear of hell can lead to it. There are a lot of things that can lead to it. Repentance is a change of mind. It comes about as you think through truth. And we're going to pick up and we'll continue on there. But I, I, I wanted to try to lay the foundation and give you a basis for it. And I hope that encourages you because, because I've, heard, I've heard preaching that is, is really close to giving us this idea that if you weren't sorrowful over your sin and you have great remorse, you haven't been saved. And that's not true. That's not true. Now, is rem- should remorse be a, a part of it? It's, it's not a true part of what repentance means. It can lead to it, just as many other things can lead to it. And um, 
And I'm thankful for that. I, I really am. I'm thankful that, that there are different ways people come to Jesus Christ. And it's, it's understanding truth and coming to grasp with it and then having a change of mind. He said, well, pastor, you haven't proved it yet. Well, I hope you've seen from these verses that, that indeed God makes a distinction. And if not, we'll seek to prove it further as we look at the subject. And we want to come down on God's side. We want to understand what God has to say about it. Repentance is to think differently. And, um, and we'll, um, we'll go over it again next week and look uh, further at the subject. And I hope that at least helps give, give you a little bit to think about and ponder this evening. Father,